Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to an emergency Sunday Buckeye Talk. Doug Lemmerys and Stephen Means. We're talking recruiting because Sam McCullough is no longer an Ohio State commit. Flip to Indiana today, where his dad is the running backs coach and two of his brothers are going to be. So the McCullough family is swarming Bloomington. And we will get into the sort of the, the hows of that and how it all came to happen. But let's get into the what it means for Ohio State first. Stephen, we were just looking in the past 24 hours, as you said, Ohio State class of 2022 dropped from number one in the 247 sports composite rankings to number three. You said they'd fallen to number two as of Saturday night because of something Georgia did that wasn't related to what Ohio state lost. So they already weren't going to be number one and they had been number mm-hmm. one in the 2022 class for basically since, since Quinn. Yeah. So the 22 class started now they're at three behind Georgia and LSU. So, you know, I don't know. Let's start with that ranking first. So they're third now. So they're third. What do we think of that? I mean, not surprising. They weren't just going to hold the number one spot the entire time, right? That's not how this works. Even when Alabama has their number one classes. That's typically not how it goes. It's just because of how Ohio State recruiting you know, process works, they're able to shoot up the rankings maybe a little bit quicker than some of the other candidates because they do have those early runs of commits. They did it in 2021, they did it in 2020, and they did it in 2022, which were the 11 guys, including Desan at the time of why they were the number one class in the country. Then Georgia started waking up and having some – over the last month and a half or so, Georgia started to pick up some commitments here. Most recently, Bear Alexander, who is now a five-star, but that plays a role in it too. When 247 Sports updated its composite rankings, that shifts some of the recruiting rankings, right? Because now all of a sudden a class who might have 230 points might have 236 points just based on where certain guys in their class are. And so because of that, Georgia was, has been able to now jump Ohio State for that number one spot, which they were only three points ahead. So it wasn't like a legit, a crazy lead. Ohio State was a commitment away from retaking that spot. But LSU being able to to just tread water here while their program might be going through some crazy stuff off the field, they've cleaned up in their state, which is what LSU does. There's always talent in Louisiana and they always stay home. And because of that, they've been able to hold on to be a top three school. And now with the Sama color leaving, they've now jumped Ohio State for the number two class in the country. Ohio State's still number one in average star rating at 95.51. Georgia is 94.24. And then LSU is down a little bit. They're 92.91. But with McCullough out, Ohio State had been at 11 verbal commits for 2022. They're back down to 10. Georgia now has 12. LSU has 13. So it's also the larger number of players, but that's why Ohio state jumps up to begin with. As you said, Steven, they go out and Ohio, there'll be a time when it's like Ohio state has the number one class in the country. It's like, well, they have 10 commits. 
and other top schools have like three. Like Bama is always a much slower starter in these things. And then they rise up at the end. I mean, Bama only has six commits right now. So the numbers worked in Ohio State's favor while they were leading the way. And now they're part of the overall numbers are part of the reason they're number three instead of number one. Uh, in the class, still four five-star players still in the class of 22 uh, for Ohio State. That's led by quarterback Quinn Ewers, cornerback Jaheim Singletary, linebacker C.J. Hicks, who got that fifth star recently, and then receiver Caleb Burton out of Texas are the five stars. So, you know, we know this is all – this is kind of fluffy mumbo-jumbo stuff. It's like the positioning of recruiting rankings in – April is not really a thing. You don't get bonus points for getting guys early. You don't get bonus points for getting guys late and schools work on different things. I think it is an important point though, that Steven, that you made that we've, we've seen the style of the timing of the class of how Ryan day and Mark Pantone and this staff, how they want to go about it. And I think what, fans then as you look at if you if you do look at recruiting ratings and why wouldn't you it's a lovely thing to do it's a fun thing to do in the middle of spring and summer when there's nothing else going on in college football if you look at them Stephen, you have to get used to this that ohio state's going to jump out and like be at the top and have the number one class and then it's gonna be like oh no they lost the number one class and it's actually just everybody sort of catching up on their timing and then ohio state's going to have another run right so that's that a uh, separate from Desan McCullough, that little bit of like the roller coaster of the rankings is sort of baked in to how Ohio State does business in the Ryan Day era in recruiting. Yeah, and it's I've written it a couple of times now. It's now that we we what I probably have to do it every year once we get to February March anyway. At this point, Ohio State in twenty twenty three at some point they're going to start racking up commitments. Obviously, Brendan Vernon and um, Sonny Styles and Luke Montgomery are at the top of that list. And then at some point, they're going to probably have the number one class and we're going to go, wow, look how much work Ohio State has put in so early. They're so out ahead of the curve of everybody else. And then we're going to get to February and March. And I'm going to go, remember, Alabama's not doing anything yet. Georgia to an extent to an LSU. But remember, Alabama is quiet. You have to wait on them before you can start the recruiting ranking conversation. And Alabama is still quiet. They got those six commits. They flipped, they flipped the momentum of a quarterback from away from Clemson, but we're still waiting on that. And so while, yes, Ohio State is third right now and Georgia's having their moment, LSU is just holding tide. We have to wait until the Crimson side start doing stuff. So maybe in July is when we can have a, re- a realistic conversation about how things might shape out after Alabama's had its say and Ohio State's had its second run of commitments, which will probably come after the Buckeye Bass this summer. All right, let's look at the linebacker position. This is a class, I think this is the, this is the position in this class, right, Stephen, that the way Kerry Combs restocked the secondary in the class of 2021, the, rate, the way Tony Alford restack the running backs room in the class of 2021. That's what needs to happen at linebacker in the class of 2022. They already have CJ Hicks, number 17 overall player in the country, 6'3", out of Dayton. And they have Gabe Powers, number 43 overall player in the country, 6'4", out of Marysville. Those are two Ohio kids that aren't going anywhere. That is a great start at linebacker. And it's one of those things. It's like you don't want to, take the in-state guys for granted, but also congratulations, Al Washington, on ha- happen. you happen to have some two great in-state linebackers. And for a long time, we had dis- considered Desan McCullough kind of an honorary Ohioan, kind of an honorary in-state guy. And obviously that's not exactly the case, but let's talk about now 
what else might happen? Because they were maybe going to get a fourth linebacker anyway, Stephen, right? Mm. So now they definitely need a third, and maybe they'll take a fourth if it's the right guy. They need to restack talent at this position. And let's start with a guy who's been on their radar for a long time. I know we at Cleveland.com, everybody talked to him months ago, a year ago even, and that he liked Al Washington, Sean Murphy out of Virginia. I don't know that Desan McCullough really has that much of an effect on it, like on whether Sean Murphy comes here or not. Maybe it amps up, hey, Ohio State really could use him now. Because if he wanted to be a Buckeye, they would have taken him. They would have said, yeah, we're taking four linebackers now. But what could could they get? Are they a legitimate contender for Sean Murphy, do you think? They are. He's among their, his top eight schools, and I think C.J. Hicks is going to be in his ear even more now that the son is gone. But this, C.J. has just as much of a role to play in that as the son did, so I, I won't be surprised if, if that continues to work. One of his visits this summer is probably going to be to Ohio State when he starts scheduling his officials. He hasn't done that yet. If if Ohio State had his way, it would probably be June 4th at the Buckeye Bash, but we'll see. There's, I mean, there's eight guys in the following week and four and five guys the next couple of weeks after that. So as long as it's in June, I think they're fine. But I do think that he's their number one guy because then what you get there is you've got a Mike linebacker and Sean Murphy. You've got a Will linebacker, and, and that's what Gabe Powers is going to be. That's what he projects out to be. And then you've got C.J. Hicks, who's your bullet. And so at least you've got a guy for each type of guy you want for that room, whether you want to put the bullets in the linebacker room, the safety room, it really doesn't matter. That's The point is you've replenished a guy at every single one of those spots. So that's at least what you get if you get Sean Murphy. So he's he's not a five-star anymore. He's dropped down in the rankings a little bit, but also Virginia's playing football this spring. So we'll see what happens once he has a chance to show off his junior year film. At the, he's their number one guy. He is, he's been the number one guy even when Desan McCullough was in the class, and now that he's gone, he becomes a must-have for Ohio State. And he's in an area of the country where Ohio State does work and where Al Washington mm-hmm. does work. Um, we know this. I was just writing about this, finishing this up the other day, but Trevion Henderson from Virginia, the first big-time offer he got when he was playing on the defensive side of the ball was from Michigan when Al Washington was at Michigan and Al Washington as a linebackers coach was interested in Trivion Henderson on the defensive side of the ball. And when Al Washington got hired at Ohio, at Ohio state, one of the reasons that Ohio state all of a sudden got amped up on Trivion Henderson was because Al Washington got here and said, you got to recruit this guy. So Al Washington, we know that's that, what that Virginia area, Ohio state over the years had a lot of different coaches who've been successful in Virginia. We know Larry Wash, uh, Larry Johnson is incredibly successful in that area of the country. So that Sean Murphy is from Virginia and Al Washington does some work there. That seems to be you know, a tiny plus, maybe better than if Sean, Wa- Sean Murphy were from Massachusetts or, mm-hmm. or, you know, Wyoming or whatever, right. It's a place where Al Washington knows. So you would say, you use the phrase must get with him now. Like this is, is this going to be where Al Washington is going to spend? He's got two Ohio guys. And again, I, I'm just going to keep talking about this stuff because I'm finishing up the other thing. You know, when, when Greg Stajarwa had Josh Myers on the offensive line from Ohio in the class of 2017, and they were trying to lock down Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers said, don't worry about me, go do your thing. You don't have to babysit me. Gabe Powers and CJ Hicks, I can imagine, especially given that Desan left, can tell Al Washington, you don't have to talk to us anymore we're good. Go get Sean Murphy, right? Mm -hmm. That like, is Al Washington going to live in Virginia the rest of this recruiting cycle until December if he has to, because he can focus his energies that specifically. And that's the good thing about, you know, 
Gabe being the type of personality he is and being pretty comfortable in his commitment and just living his life and then having CJ be the leader. Yes, Al Washington can now do that. He can go sit, spend as much, especially as things about start to open up and the recruiting dead period ends. He can go every weekend and just go spend time in Virginia if he wanted to. Now, Justin Medlock out of Texas also has an offer, and he's high on Ohio State as well. But that's not the same type of prospect. That's a kid in the 400s who's more of a developmental player, while Sean Murphy's a guy by year two you're thinking could help this team. The thing is, you can't bank on somebody's dad getting a head coach somewhere else. And so now all of a sudden the player is flipping, right? You can't flip, you can't bank on stuff like that. So that's part of the reason Ohio State's only offered eight linebackers in this class inside and out four inside guys and four outside guys, because they got their guys early and they thought, okay, let's go be greedy and get a fourth. So you don't need to focus on evaluating other talent to see, just in case somebody leaves because you're not banking on anybody leaving. Now that that's happened, it puts all that emphasis and pressure on one guy. But because of who the other two personalities are that are going to be joining out Washington's room. Yeah, I won't be surprised if, you know, Sean Murphy's going great visit from Al Washington every other Thursday. Yeah, that's the guy to watch in that class. And they'll expand their range a little bit now, too. There are going to yeah. be some other linebackers that maybe weren't getting a lot of Ohio State love up until now, who all of a sudden Ohio State is going to come back in the picture. Because as you see, you know, you, you, know, you look at the 247 sports and where the offers are, three of the other guys that they have offers out to are committed elsewhere at this point. And then, so it's Medlock and Murphy and then this, uh, this kid from Maryland. So um, that makes sense. Murphy becomes really, really interesting. He already was. He already was. And I think they wanted him anyway. But he becomes super duper interesting. All right. Why are we talking about this? Because Dasan McCullough, is no longer committed to Ohio State. Why did that happen? We'll do that next on Buckeye Talk. Doug Lamar is back with Stephen Means. If you want to get the texts and get information as it happens on stuff like this, 614-350-3315, 14-day free trial. Make sure you listen to Buckeye Talk five days a week or a bonus sixth episode like this one on occasion and read cleveland.com slash OSU. Bunch of draft stuff coming this week. Make sure you're checked in on that. Okay. I remember writing a story about a kid named Bruce Judson one time from Florida. And I think, uh, I think he had committed to Ohio state early Ah, this, this, uh, this story might only be 60%, right? It doesn't matter. Cause he didn't play at Ohio state. And like he was, I think it was at Friday night lights and we were dividing up people at Friday night lights. And I ended up talking to Bruce Judson and it was like, man, everybody thinks you're going to decommit. Are you going to decommit? He was like, no, I will cut my finger and make you my blood brother and tell you I am not decommitting. And I wrote like Bruce Judson will, you know, go live with, with a hippopotamus rather than decommit like that. It's never going to happen. And like a two days later, he decommitted and it was like, okay, what are you going to do? Stuff happens sometimes. So listen, Dylan McCullough is, a really good running backs coach. This guy was a running backs coach for the Kansas city chiefs. This guy was a running backs coach at USC. This guy's been around. He gets hired in Indiana. Now I think he got a little promotional bump. He's the associate head coach along with running backs coach at Indiana. I don't know for sure. Steven, I was not there when Tom Allen made that hire, but if you're hiring a guy who has a top 100 recruit as a son and an upcoming recruiting class, and you're coming from the NFL and you're getting hired in college, I think maybe it would come up. Might come up. Hey, do you have any kids? What? He's a top football. He put top one. You are kidding me. 
Was he in fourth grade? What? A junior in high school? Well, color me silly. So listen, as soon as he got hired, as soon as Dylan McCullough got hired in Indiana, Stephen, it at least became possible that we were going to get here. It at least became possible. Because why? one of the reasons why would a guy leave the NFL to come to college, part of it is because the NFL is such a freaking grind. It's hard to watch a kid play college football. And now when they lived in Kansas, and if they're playing Friday night and, and he can get home and watch the game on Friday night, whatever, if he wants to watch, and he has other sons, but if he wants to watch his son or sons play college football, it's going to be easier for him to do maybe if, if he's at a college football program and maybe they happen to come play there. So did it at least it not become possible when he got hired, Stephen? Right? Didn't the door at least start cracking open? Or, or should we not have been thinking that way? I don't think we should have been thinking that way when it was just dealing. Honestly, I don't think we should have been thinking that way when it was just Daya either, because I've had multiple conversations with the son about this. It's that's a coach's kid. So he gets it. I can't control where my dad works. That's just what it is. You know, he's going to make the best decision for his career. And you can respect that because it's not the first time he's been through it. Right. They were you, you just mentioned it. They were living in Kansas City. Well, he's also lived in L.A. He's lived in Southern Ohio. They've lived in Indiana before when he was a running backs coach from 2011 to 2016. So when it was just dealing no, I just take that for face value. And it's just a fun little story to ask Desan about once a year when Indiana and Ohio State play each other. Even with Daya, I was like, yeah, OK. It's, OK, so I, start, I, we got to stop doing this on the podcast. What are you talking about when you're okay, saying yeah. these people's names? People don't know what you're talking about. OK, Daya McCullough is the youngest son who is of age to play football at, at, at the high school level. He's a 2023 safety. He's a four star according to 247 sports rankings. There are he doesn't have a composite ranking yet, which isn't that crazy. They just put out composite rankings for that class. And we haven't seen most of these kids play football yet. But he's a, he'll probably end up being a top 100 recruit in his own right as a safety. Six foot two, 195 pounds. He was a little kid. Literally, he was about five or six years old when, you know, the last time Dylan was coaching out of Indiana. So he had that same type of affection for the Hoosiers that the Sam McCullough had for Ohio State as a young kid living who's got Southern Ohio ties. So even with that one, that was to be expected. He was going to choose Indiana. Dylan McCullough, the second, who has been a defensive back at Miami, Ohio for the last two years. He's played a total of three games. Hasn't really been much of an impact player. Right. That's the tipping point. Because then it's you're asking Desan, I understand you're a top 100 guy who might be an athletic freak, might be the next Isaiah Simmons, all those things. You're asking a guy to, to be on the opposite sideline than everybody else in his family while also spending the next 12 months hearing about it. I, that's a lot for it to ask a 16 year old to be able to do because Dylan McCullough is probably not going to play that much at Indiana, just like he wasn't playing that much at, at, at Miami of Ohio. But now, even if Dylan McCullough senior, or the first, whichever he goes by, isn't necessarily their positions coach. All three of those guys are going to be in the same position room. Desan just tweeted this out. First off, I would like to thank Ohio State for the amazing opportunity they gave me. Being a kid from Ohio was a true blessing. Special thank you to Coach Washington for believing in my abilities as a player. With that being said, I have decommitted from Ohio State University. Indiana, I'm staying home. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity I refuse to pass up. The chance to play under the man I looked up to my whole life is truly amazing, along with the opportunity to play with my best friend, Daya. Is that how I said it? How, how did you say it? His Daya. brother's name? I think it's Daya. Daya. Pretty sure. 
who has the chance to be special and I get the opportunity to watch and play with and my oldest brother Dylan, simply the reason I wear one on my jersey and continue to play the game. Indiana University, Indiana University, I'm here. Uh, hashtag L-E-O. What's that? Love everybody always with an O. I can't remember. This is a thing they say, oh, which is cool. Yeah. They have a thing. It's great. Yeah. I like it. Um, so the one thing that I think is true here is that we have to, you got to understand when people are saying things they think they believe when they say it, but it doesn't mean it's going to be true, right? I mean, like, you just got to look at life sometimes. And so, yes, this coalesced in a way that it was going to be Dasan McCullough on one side and the other three McCulloughs on the other, and and that it is building blocks, right? It's more and more and more. But this happens sometimes, and, and it's a unique situation and I just think it's one of those things. It's a fight. Here's the thing with recruiting is you end up asking these kids about like, well, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? And they're like, man, why does everybody ask me this stuff? It's not going to happen. And then it happens. And it's like, and that's why we ask. So it's like a joke. Ah, ha, ha. Everybody thinks to saw McCullough is going to flip to Indiana just because his dad's a coach there. And it's like, well, yeah, because he might. And then all along the way, it's like, oh, man, why doesn't anybody believe him? And it's like, because he's going to flip and then he flips. And so now the next kid who has a similar situation, we're going to keep asking because that's how it works. So sometimes you just look at things. And so Steven, I do think this is a good lesson of like, just because somebody says it doesn't mean it's true, which is a part of this business. I always say people say stuff they don't mean, and they mean stuff they don't say. And the longer it goes on, it just gets hard, man. And it's not like I'm not saying that his dad is like sitting at the dinner table saying he's coming to Indiana, he's coming to Indiana, but it's an internal thing, right? It's like it's a unique opportunity. And by the way, by the way, to some degree, Tom Allen and Indiana earned this because you know what? I think maybe he wouldn't be doing it if Indiana had just gone two and ten. But Mm-hmm. Committing to Ohio State, he's thinking I can play for a national championship at Ohio State. And then the choice in Indiana, nobody thinks Indiana's gonna play for a national championship, but he thinks he can win double digit games. He thinks he could be competitive every Saturday. He thinks he could be a top 25 team. And now the family bonus matters more because it's not that Ohio State's a hundred and Indiana's a 20. It's like, oh, how all right, say family is worth 40 points. All right, well, if Ohio State's 100 and Indiana's a 20, all right, great. It's worth 40 points. Indiana's still only a 60. The minute Indiana becomes a 75, those 40 family points now put them over top of Ohio State. And maybe the dad was 25 and the one brother was five and the other brother was another 10 more, right? Whatever. I do think to an extent, Stephen, Indiana and Tom Allen made this possible by being a good enough program that a top 100 player could go there and not feel like, he's lowering his ceiling or that he's going to feel like he's playing with guys who are beneath him. And that then allows the family stuff to be more of a factor. Cause guess what? Indiana's good at football. I agree with that, but also to the family ties part, how often is it this extreme? Right. I, because, not, I mean, no, I know. No, you're right. That it's, it's just th- like that's but, three on one. Right. Cause it's, I mean, we saw it last year with Devontae Smith, right. Where he, he flipped from Ohio state to Alabama and we find out, Oh, it's because Sean Alexander's his cousin and Sean Alexander with Alabama. Okay. Yeah, that I, makes some sense. And I, I think that is like 
four percent like this. I, I'm not sure because it's, it's it's just so much right because it's just one family member and it's just an added bonus. But it's this your dad is a coach. That's so different than than Smith that your cousin this, also happened to go to the school. Your dad's a coach, right? Right. Isn't Which that is in and of itself a it's, big deal? It's right. It already takes it to one extreme, and then you add in, hey, your dad's here. Your brother, your older brother's here, your little brother's coming and all of you play the same position, even if your dad's not the one coaching your position. That's too much. Th that's just too much for one kid to have to handle. And it, it, you're saying no to something you love. You're either saying no to something you've been dreaming about since you were five years old or you're saying no to your family and family trumps everything in recruiting. Right. Which is why we should have been more on alert for him to go to Indiana when his dad got hired there in February. That's what I, yeah, exactly. Family trumps everything. It's not realistic to be like, nah, he's not going to want to go play for his dad. It's just his dad. Who cares about his dad? Nobody cares. I'm like, I, I just don't think that's realistic, which is why the kid, the kid, I get what the kid said. I don't believe the kid. And it's not that the kid's lying. It's that the kid doesn't even understand what he's saying yet. So like, it's about our ability to parse the in between the lines of what's happening here. I don't think this is like out of the blue, right? This is not out of now. You were holding on pretty tight, like up until it happened that it wasn't going to happen, I was. which I think you were holding on a little too tight, man. You got to live in the world. Yeah. Like you're telling me all this stuff now, stacking three family members, like at four minutes before he flipped, you were like, nah. Right. Based on what yeah, the kid told I, you, because you believe the kid too much. I did. I'll take this L. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take this fault. This is. Yeah. Don't I believe teenagers. Don't believe yeah. teenagers. I'm a father of teenagers. I don't believe a word <laughs> they say. That's fair. I think Ohio State, I, I would have liked to known. What Ryan Day and Mark Pantone and Al Washington. How they reacted the minute that Indiana hired his dad. Mm hmm. And listen, this is one of those, right? Danny, Danny Manning, they hired Danny Manning's dad as an assistant at Kansas in 1986 or whatever, 84 or something. And stuff got wacky. And I mean, this, this happens. This isn't that. This is not let's hire the dad to get the kid because the dad yeah. is overqualified for the job. It's this, not yeah. like it's not like a sneaky backdoor move by Tom Allen. But I feel like maybe the dad was thinking, man, I just I don't want to let my son's football careers go by and feel disconnected from them. Maybe the best chance is for me to take a job at a place where I feel like they might be comfortable playing. And then I don't know what degree of pressure he put on them, but it becomes an option, whereas they can't go right to play for the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. And so, mm -hmm. you know, even. You know, even if he was at Indiana, it's like Ohio State's playing a Thursday night game or if somebody's like, you know, maybe they could have worked out or if they would have been closer to Columbus. Like, I think I, th I think the dad, I would guess, maybe would not have taken the job at Indiana if there weren't family considerations on his end. Now, did that guarantee that all his sons were going to go to Indiana? No, it didn't guarantee it. And I'm assuming that he's a good dad and that there's a good mom and they want their sons to pursue their own dreams and make their own decisions. But you present an opportunity. And when you're a tight, loving family, maybe everybody in the end arrives at the same conclusion, right? Which is let's be together. Let's do this together and make it something special. And so, yes, I agree with you that it got, it got stacked. Once there were three McCulloughs in Indiana, the idea of making it a fourth is different than just my dad is a coach there, but 
my dad is a coach there, I think was moderately compelling to begin with when it happened in February. I think what you brought up is the most interesting point there is when you say where they have a, a legit opportunity where it's because let's just say he went to Rutgers. The son's not going to Rutgers or he's not going to he's not going to a school where they're going to go, you know, two and ten. You're right. The fact that Indiana is also coming off a pretty quality year on the back of its defense. And that's the position these three guys play. I didn't consider that. I didn't consider the idea of, hey, come play for me while also not just completely dropping off the quality of performance that you can be at because the son can go there and no, he might not. He's not going to win a national title and he probably won't win a Big Ten title, but it doesn't hurt his development as an NFL player the same way it would have had it been Iowa or any or Rutgers or somewhere else, he might not be developed at the Ohio state level, but it's enough to where if he's supposed to be a second round draft pick as a linebacker or a hybrid safety, whatever, he can still be that at Indiana, given what that defense is. And I didn't consider that at the time. So I don't, uh, the, the, the two things happened, Steven, with the, with the decommitment. One is the, the loss of the player. Right. And it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. there's a good player who seemed like a cool guy. I was looking forward to covering him. Seemed like he'd be a great fit for Ohio State's defense and what they want to do. And I really do think, I mean, he's just a really skilled football player. I think he Mm -hmm. is a really, and he's a little bit unique in his skill set that just his size and speed and the position he might wind up playing. He's just a really interesting football player and best of luck to him. So it's, it's, you know, you never want to lose a good football player. But then the other thing is, is like, what does it say about the program? Is this a crack in the foundation of the program? Is something going wrong? And that's not the case here. So it's just you lost a guy. And now they're going to try to get a guy who's almost as good or, or whatever to replace him. And that's how it works sometimes. But there's nothing fundamentally wrong. That's the, like, you, you, all right, which well, like, hey, 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 Al, what's up? What happened? It's like, oh, we lost him to his dad. It's like, you're fired. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, all right. Don't like, just like, don't try to recruit. You know, if Pat Fitzgerald has a kid who plays linebacker, I wouldn't yeah. recruit him. Right. Word to the wise. So that's all. So like, that's the thing about this, Stephen. It's, it's like a good flip that way. Cause sometimes there are flips, there are flips a that show foundations, the f- foundations cracking, or there's a flip that comes so late in the process. You can't do anything. And now you've got a hole. I, it feels like we know it's not foundational and it feels like you think they have a decent, decent chance to try to patch this hole. Yeah, because of how when it is, right? It's six, seven months out in advance. It's not the, it's December 10th, and we're six days away from signing day, and now Ohio State's scrambling trying to figure out what to do here. And it's also, yeah, if you're going to lose a kid to Indiana, this is how you lose him, you know? Because you either lose him because he wasn't as good as you thought he was going to be, and now you have a better option coming along, or his dad is a coach and his two brothers are there as well. So they've got plenty of time. Now they can get these kids on campus. They can go visit these kids as well with things getting back to normal. They have plenty of time to replace this. I'm not, Desan's a great player. He's a freak, but you have plenty of time to replace him with an equally quality player because of when it happened. Last question. We'll be right back to finish it up on Buckeye Talk. Doug Lemmerese and Stephen Means. Stephen, in your defense, one of the things that was a little bit weird about this is that like Desan McCullough was one of the leaders of gathering guys for the class. Yeah. And that doesn't usually happen that he has spent months, not only being a Buckeye commitment, but trying to get other guys to do it 
which made it seem more like, nah, well, he's not going to flip. He's he's talking to other guys on Ohio State's behalf. That was a little unusual. As of last week, I'd ask, hey, who are some of the commits who are really on your case? CJ and Desan. Every time. CJ and Desan. Desan's been acting like a commit even before he was committed. He got an offer and immediately just started recruiting guys to Ohio State, and they hadn't even accepted his commitment yet. So this – it was it's just too many extremes on both of these sides and too many reasons for why I was maybe a little more gullible about the situation than I needed to be. But yeah, he, I mean, he was here two weeks ago. He was here walking around all American camp, all this Ohio state gear on hanging out, talking to guys, committing, recruiting guys at the all American camp series. They were at the spring game, seemingly loved his visit. There were a lot of reasons for why it was so easy to be gullible that like, yeah, maybe he holds out. Maybe he's just he's just willing to be the guy who gets to talk trash to the rest of his family at the dinner table for the next couple of years. Because it's like, yeah, I didn't join you guys, but I beat you guys for three out of four every single year I was on campus. So who cares? But yeah, family, I just did. I overlooked it because of all the extremes and all the things he meant to this class other than just being a top 50 recruit. All right. So last thing. Now, Ohio State has to recruit against Son McCullough. Is he going to be a factor in the recruiting trail now trying to get guys to go to Indiana? Now, listen, we know Indiana and Ohio State's programs aren't on the same level, but I don't know. I don't know what an example would be. Maybe Sean Murphy. I don't know. I don't know if he's friends with Sean Murphy was trying to get him like, right. I mean, how effective now CJ Hicks and aren't CJ and Desan really tight. Oh yeah. They're like best friends. They've been like best friends, even though they just met each other in person for the first time three weeks ago. And they were acting like it when they were walking around too. And now they're going to be going head to head because Desan's going to be trying to get some of the same guys who are considering Ohio State because he doesn't. I, I, I don't know this off the top of my head. I was seeing on Twitter. People are saying he's the highest rated recruit like in Indiana history. He is. So he's the he's the best recruit in the history of Indiana football. He has a very specific reason for being that, but he's not going to settle for being in a class with a bunch of three stars ranked in the thousands. He's going to try to go get some dudes now, and he's going to try to get some dudes that I'm sure Ohio State is also interested in. He is very easily sitting comfortably as the highest-rated recruit, too. A 9.784 average star rating, the guy who had that spot had had it since 2000, and it was Stephen Williams, the defensive end, who was a 9.627. So, yeah, pretty comfortably the highest-rated guy. Um, I, I don't – not nationally. Like, I, I wouldn't think a Sean Murphy type of guy would come or so, – I don't think that's going to happen, but the Demond Moore, who's a guard, a three-star might come, but the one to, to watch now is Keontae Goodwin, who, yes, he's a Kentucky native, but he's living in Indiana right now. He goes to Charleston high school. And I mean, we've been saying it all along. The only reason why he's a Kentucky commit right now is because I'm pretty sure he was convinced that the recruiting dead period wasn't going to open back up. So why not just stay home? We've seen some other guys with Ohio state momentum who have done the same things, but they ended up at Texas and USC um, Keontae Goodwin and Desan McCullough are not that far from each other. I'd watch that. I'd watch Caden Curry, who's had some Ohio State momentum for a while, defensive tackle, the number 85 player in the country. He's from Center Grove High School in Indiana. Those two guys who aren't that far from Desan, who's a pretty good recruiter himself, I'm watching those guys because those become ways that Indiana can lock its own state down instead of Ohio State coming in and taking two other top 100 guys. When I was... uh pledging a fraternity in college and I was in a fraternity in college. I may not seem like the kind of guy who's in a fraternity. Cause like, I don't like beer. I hate beer. I've had four ounces of beer in my entire life. 
Have I told the story before? I don't want to waste it on a special pot. I'll save it for another time. The reason why I don't like you is a pretty good story. I got drunk in kindergarten. No, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> the, but when I was rushing during rush week at college, I remember there was a fraternity that was just starting up. It was like a new chapter. It was, it was just starting. And their slogan was like, why be just another guy when you can be a founding father? That it was like, why would you just go be another guy in a fraternity when you can like start, help start this fraternity? And I was like, ah, it's just like too much work. I don't want to found anything. I just want to go along for the ride. But I always thought like that's that in it's to the right person. I could see how that could be an effective pitch. It's like, listen, you have an Ohio State offer. You could go to Ohio State. You know what you're going to be at Ohio State? You know what you're going to do at Ohio State? You're going to continue something. You're going to be part of a lineage, which is great in its own way. You know what you could be at Indiana? The best guy to ever do it. You know what could be at Indiana? Part of the best team ever in the history of Indiana. I'm already here. What if you come with me and not only do we have the best recruiting class in the history of Indiana, we become some of the best individual players in the history of Indiana and we create the best team in the history of Indiana. You know what you're not going to do at Ohio State? Do that because they already have the super softs, man. They have the 2014 national championship team. They have Holy Buckeye. They got 2002. You're not going to be the best anything. You're going to be one of. You're going to be next. Don't be next. Be first. Come to Indiana. Now, I'm not trying to give if Tessam McCullough listens to Buckeye Talk, and he's been on Buckeye Talk. He might listen. I'm not here to give Indiana recruiting tips, but I'm just telling you, if you sell it the right way and you get it to the right kind of recruit, the whole point is like, yeah, we're not as good as Ohio State, but wouldn't you like to – and that's not unique. What am I? I'm not inventing recruiting. This is what every, like, mediocre program in the country does. Wouldn't you like to be the one to change that? Dasan, for family reasons, is putting his money where his mouth is on this stuff. He said, I could have gone there. I didn't. Come join me here. I don't know, Stephen. There might be at least a couple guys that their ears would perk up a little bit with a pitch like that. And Indiana might be in an interesting position because they're already pretty good. It's not that fun to make that pitch when you're 1-11. You know? But they're in a spot. Take us to the next level. I could see it. Yeah, I think... I see a world where Desan just just enough where he pulls in the other two top 100 guys in the class and maybe he flips some guys. Maybe not, you know, a, a Joey Tanoa, offensive tackle out of Zionsville, the number 166 player. But I mean, quarterback recruiting is in, is always interesting. And the number 10 pro style quarterback in the country's name is Brady Allen, and he's from Indiana. So what if that becomes a factor as well? Or in a situation where you have the one time transfer rule? I mean, we've been talking about it all along. Ohio State's got three guys here right now, and none of us expect all three of them to be here at this time next year. You know, what if one of those guys ends up to Indiana and then you add in what Desan was able to help Tom Allen, you know, collect in this 2022 class. And then two or three years from now, we're looking back on, oh, this is why Indiana is coming into this Ohio State game undefeated and the, the line is minus three Ohio State. I mean, minus minus three Indiana instead of minus 23, like it typically is. Right. So I think I think the can do just enough to start to you know, tip that scale a little bit and keep some of these talented guys home. And then we'll see what happens in the next coming classes. But that's a perfect guy to start it with because of the talent he is, but also what his personality is and some of his relationships with some of these national guys. He doesn't know Kyle McCord, does he? I think he does. OK, that's not good. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, he knows Quinn Ewers pretty well, too, so I wouldn't Keep be surprised if he knows Kyle. <laughs> away from Quinn Ewers. By the way, this is why I was so like, hey, Steve Sarkeesian, like Texas, I don't know. But like, right, with Quinn Ewers, because I'm just like, listen, mm-hmm. man, it's just life. It's just like, okay, it's, it's a school a guy dreamed to play it for. What am I going to do? I'm not going to think it could happen in the meantime. But then, like, Texas moves on, gets another commitment, and it feels like the door kind of closed. So that's why my mind changed on that. By the way, I don't mean to be dismissive of Tom Allen's sayings. L-E-O means love each other. So that's why they say that in Indiana. And it's working. Like family. Yeah, like love family. each other like family. Yeah. And sometimes you can flip them. Honorary McCulloughs, everybody who's a Hoosier, if you join Indiana's 2022 recruiting class, the McCullough family will adopt you. Um, so that's it. So, again, it's, I don't think it's, it's not soul crushing for Ohio State, but it's, it's, it's an interesting kid. Would have been a fun kid, I think, for fans to root for. And I think he's going to be a really good football player. I think, I think he's – as soon as they were interested in him, I was like, oh, I hope they get this guy because he's just – there's not a lot of guys like him. And you could see how he could really make an impact on a defense. So uh, get to see him hopefully at least three times playing against the Ohio State Buckeyes during his college football career. So best of luck to Desan McCullough. Ohio State will move on and look for somebody else. And I do think it's smart to really think about Sean Murphy and what might be up next for Ohio State in trying to add what would now be a third linebacker to the 2022 recruiting class. All right, that's going to wrap up our emergency pod. We'll be back on Tuesday talking about Justin Fields and the NFL draft. But for now, I have to Stephen Means. I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>